Hometown, created by Aubrey and Ashlyn Seibert. and welcome back to Hometown. I'm so glad you're listening. Today, you'll hear from Tom. I met him in his house, and it sort of matched his personality. It was a little bit cluttered, but only in the most charming way. Okay, I'm recording. Thanks again for being willing to talk to me. Oh, uh, sure. Now, how would you like me to start? Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Oh, sure. Well... I'm Tom. And, um, what do you do? I'm a writer. Really? That sounds so interesting. Yeah, kind of. I'll do some freelancing when I get the chance, or I'll work on my own stuff. What kind of stuff do you like to write? Oh, anything really. I especially enjoy poetry. That's really neat. Um, oh, sorry. That's the neighbor's dog. Is that going to be a problem? No, it's fine. You were saying that you enjoy poetry. I would love to hear a bit more about that. Yeah, it's actually funny how it all worked out, though. I knew I wanted to pursue writing as a career, but I never really expected poetry to come as the main focus. I always kind of imagined the typical write a novel, become an author, which, looking back, is crazy. I don't think I have it in me to churn out novels for a living. And now, I guess I kind of see poetry as such a vital part of what I write. Not that much of it's published. Well then, uh, what changed? I mean, if you didn't really see poetry as that important and now you do, it must have been some kind of something to prompt it, right? Well, I grew up in the area, but uh, sort of on the outskirts. My family owned some land, and we were farmers, you know? We mostly grew corn, nothing spectacular. We sold our crops, but it wasn't like we made a ton of money off them. It was kind of just what we did. I remember doing stupid stuff with my brother and my friends when I was a kid, like running around and messing with the animals a bit. Nothing mean, of course. We just, (laughs) we had some sheep, and they're not exactly known for being the brightest. So what you could do is if you could get them to walk around in a circle, they'd just keep following the leader. And then, if you can get one of them to hop over a stick, but remove the stick for the next sheep, they'll jump regardless. I know it sounds kind of boring, maybe, but, you know, they hadn't developed the area as much as it is now. So, there weren't any frozen yogurt places or comic book stores to hang around. So, I guess you could say that I grew up a country boy. But, after a while, things began to change. Right before my, it must have been my freshman year in high school, The government decided that they wanted to buy up our land in order to build a road straight through it. There was a road near it, but it was in real awful condition, and they decided that the best solution was to go straight through our field. And at that point, we weren't exactly well off, if you know what I mean. So my parents decided, instead of being stubborn, knowing that there wouldn't be much good coming out of that, to cut their losses, sell everything we couldn't take with us, and move into a house closer to the center of town. It was hard to leave. I sure didn't want to. I liked that house, those fields, everything about it. Sure, there was always a lot of work to be done, but it was home. And I was so frustrated and upset at the government because they took the most wonderful thing in the world away from me. They wanted to turn it into a simple road, of all things. 
I didn't care if it was for the good of the community. I didn't care if it would make things easier for a lot of other people. I just didn't understand why it had to be our family out of a million families in the country. I'm so sorry. That sounds really hard. It was. But that's when I really got into poetry. I had a lot of mixed feelings, I guess. But that was how I sorted them all out. When I wrote, I didn't always have to even think about what I was writing. If I could just get down to the core of what I felt, then the words, they just came out. I wouldn't really focus much on rhyming or structure, since I was really just writing for myself. One time in English the following year, we had a unit about poetry, and I was so excited. But I was pretty disappointed. We mostly studied poems with really rigid structures. And look, obviously I understand the merit behind sonnets and all that, and I can even enjoy writing a ballad every once in a while. But all we ever learned was formatted poetry, and I always got horrible grades because I couldn't do that. I don't think it makes me less of a good writer, but I just kind of gradually realized sticking to strict rules was not going to work for me at all. But yeah, in high school, I was pretty much either doing homework or I was writing poetry. One time, I tried to enter into the school poetry slam. I thought, what could go wrong? But really, I didn't enjoy the rhythm they had to fall into, and then I had a hard time getting out of that. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I really didn't enjoy the feel of like my voice, if that didn't make any sense. E.E. E. Cummings was my hero. He understood that in some cases, grammar and English rules get in the way of natural speech. But of course, we never learned to write like him in school. We just read some of his work, appreciated it, and moved on. Teachers were always showing us writers who freed themselves from certain rules, but never really gave us space to explore that ourselves. And I understand, those writers were professionals. We are students. And it would be hard to incorporate much creative experimentation in a lesson plan. But at the same time, it'd be nice if I had a space to explore that back in the day. I've kind of gotten off track here. Mostly, I'm just trying to explain how important writing poems became. Pretty much any time I felt anything, I'd find the nearest piece of paper and I'd write a poem. Frustrated? It would explain my frustration in a way that was not hostile or hurtful. Happy? It would take a snapshot of that moment and extend it further than my own memory would allow. And when I started to struggle with my mental health, writing poetry helped me keep going. It felt like a validation of my feelings, and like I could make something positive from the negative things happening to me. I wrote so many poems. When I got older, I thought about publishing a collection of them. I thought maybe there was at least one other person in the world that was feeling what I felt, and it would bring some kind of comfort to them. The only problem was I had my poems written in so many different places. Some notebooks, but also lots of pieces of paper, memos, the back of a receipt, and math worksheets from high school. Once I opened up an old favorite book of mine and found a poem written on an index card I had used as a bookmark, there was no way I'd be able to find everything that I'd written. But I started looking for them. I put together a large stack, and I typed them all up one by one. And honestly, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. It was like I was reading snapshots from so many years of my life. It made me feel connected to my past and the world. It took weeks, but before I knew it, I was typing the last poem I had found. I saved them all to a flash drive, and then <laughs> I lost the flash drive. Oh no, are you serious? Hey, it happens. Fortunately, I didn't throw away any of my papers. I kept them in one of those, you know, boxes that papers come in. But I still haven't gotten around to retyping all of them.
You should. Maybe I will. Before I left, I asked Tom if he'd mind reading one of his poems. He agreed, and he began to pull out an old paper box, just like he had described. He thumbed through it until he seemed to find what he was looking for. This one, I think would be good. It's actually about losing my home and how that sort of also meant losing a part of me as well. I think I worked on this one a bit more than my scribbles. <clears throat> the wind blows and the world sways. The crops in the field move left, right, and so on, and so on. Then they sway all to one side. Then the world tips over, collapsing, collapsing. My world is small and it's falling to pieces, and I'm falling to pieces, and all is falling to pieces. And the pieces sway in the wind, and the pieces fall to the ground, far, far away, never seen again. My world has gone away, and I'll never be the same. I really enjoyed hearing Tom's story, as he told it to me in our conversation, and then in the simple, emotional way that he conveyed it in the poem he shared. I also liked the small insight into his creative process that he gave. There was something very genuine about the way he phrased things that was charming. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. And as always, don't be afraid to tell your story. Hometown is created by Aubrey and Ashlyn Seibert. Today's episode featured the voices of Aubrey Seibert as Kira and Harry Jeffrey as Tom. Today's episode also featured the talent of Mattis, who is a very good boy. Original music was composed by Jonathan Sandy. Find more of his work on Spotify under Jonathan Sandy. Graphic design by Hannah Perkins. Special thanks this week goes to Crystal Summers for her advice, Tom Fink for donating to our Indiegogo campaign, as well as Harry, Danny, and Jonathan for being wonderful and supportive friends throughout this project. If you like our show and want to hear more as well as get some rad rewards, be sure to support us on Patreon, which helps us improve and make more of the show. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash cybertandcybert. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-e-i-b-e-r-t and s-e-i-b-e-r-t. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at HometownCast and find transcripts and merch on our website at hometowncast.wordpress.com. You can also join our Discord community. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you for our next episode, Julia, on May 2nd. Until then, don't be afraid to tell your story.